This is Talk To Me, the podcast that gives you rants, anecdotes, and interviews with people from hardcore to hair metal. And now your hosts, Joshua Toomey and John Drake. Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to Talk To Me. This is episode 118. The guest this week is Brock Lindau, vocalist of 36 Crazy Fists. Their new album, Lanterns, will be out September 29th. Make sure you pick that up. As always, I'm your host, Joshua Toomey. I am John Drake. What's up, everybody? And uh, we are here to uh, fill up your weekday. Hopefully you're having a good Thursday. If you're listening to it on Friday, maybe having a good Friday. But if you're listening to it over the weekend, I hope you're uh, hope you're uh, chilling, hanging out, hanging out by the pool or something. I don't know. I don't know where that was going. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, don't worry about it. There's still time for people to get in the pool. Yeah, I would love to be in a pool. It's it's still muggy, muggy as shit down here. Yeah, we we got lucky. Our uh, our weather been like in the mid 60s, like maybe 70 for the last like two or three weeks, which I personally love. But now we're back around 80 this week, so it's warming up again. Right, right. So there might be a pool in my future. We'll see. <laughs> I'll be in Lima all weekend. Go figure. So oh. I might find a place to go. You're going to be loud in Lima? <laughs> no. 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 Well, well, actually, I take that back. Yes, we are We are doing a show on Sunday this week, actually. It's kind of a, kind of a little, kind of an odd thing. It's actually a benefit. Um, my stepson, uh, his best friend, was killed in a car accident last August. And, uh, and way to bring the pod down, geez. He, uh, I know, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were they were they were literally friends since birth. You know, they're, oh wow. Uh, my wife my wife worked for his mother, and they're basically their, their families. You know, spent all kinds of time together, and they grew up together, and you know, so it was. Um, you know, uh, his mom always comes to see the band and stuff. So when they started a scholarship and stuff, and they asked us to do a benefit. They started a you know like a benefit thing last year and asked us to play it, so we're doing it again this year. So we're doing that on Sunday, and it's, you know it's we're only playing for ninety minutes, but awesome. you know it's for a good cause and stuff like that. It's just just a, you know wish it was under a little bit better circumstances, you know. But yeah. you know it's just cool to be able to have a little bit of pull to draw people in to raise money for something that's worthwhile, and especially it's personal for my family. So absolutely, man. Cool. I'm sure they're going to enjoy that twenty three bucks you guys raised for them. <laughs> you're just jealous you're just jealous <laughs> uh like i said at the top of the show brock lindow vocalist of 36 crazy fest on here um we don't need to talk too much about uh, about 36 we uh we just talked about them a couple of episodes ago but i uh, got a chance to to talk to brock lindow and then go and actually uh hang out with him for a little bit and hang out with uh you know kyle baltus and uh, steve holt and all the guys um it was a good show. I was uh, I hadn't seen them in um, thirteen years <laughs> since between the times that I've seen them, and uh, they still that put long. on a hell of a show. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I didn't know they were around that long. Good yeah. lord. Yeah, that's uh. We actually talk about it in, in the interview. Uh, technically coming up, uh, I believe this is their twentieth year as a band. Was it twenty years as a uh, re- you know since their first album came out? I think like twenty three as a band. Wow, good for them, dude. That kind of longevity with the way the music industry is these days, and especially, you know, they were never, you know, over the top big. So to be able to keep it going like that is pretty impressive. All right. For the uh, iTunes review this week, it's a nice five star iTunes review from uh, Tesla 60. 
Uh, let's see here. Talk to me podcast is a great podcast. I like it. Uh, he is a great interview, even when drinking a little too much. <laughs> he has guests on that I haven't heard <laughs> from in a while. I have seen him at concerts in Louisville, and he always stops and says hello when he spots me wearing a CMS shirt. Uh, I now own one of his shirts. Now he added John, who I have listened to on the CMS in parentheses Aikens Wart. Uh, I enjoy John on the show as it as it helps out Josh. I think having a person to discuss topics. Uh, John was kind enough to send me his Gatlin's Bands albums. Thanks. Also have all Josh's or have all Josh's band Primer Fifty Five music. Saw him in two thousand three and have a pick of him. From a fellow carrier carrier to another here in Louisville. Keep on rocking and thanks for keeping my mail days more pleasant. I salute you and John is a great addition. Just don't get him drunk and talk about his naked pics. Ha ha. <laughs> That's a blast from the past, man. Yeah. Man, oh man. That is, uh, if, if you've never heard that, please don't. <laughs> I don't think I've heard, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know if what he's referencing there. So yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to go back yeah, to the archives of the CMS. Yeah, that's, uh, quite embarrassing, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, it's out there somewhere you'll find it but awesome review man much appreciated that was that was cool uh yeah i did i did send out the gatlin stuff which was fun and uh that's, that's uh, awesome that he like that's mike grabowski yeah mm-hmm. as i read it i realized that was him i see him at concerts often he's always wearing a cms shirt uh i know he ordered a talk to me shirt so uh maybe next time i see him at a show he'll be rocking that Awesome. He can upgrade his t-shirt like wardrobe collection. And good taste in music. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As always, we do shout-outs for sharing. That is shout-outs for sharing on Facebook and Twitter. So if you see this in your Facebook timeline, your Twitter feed, make sure to hit that share button, hit that retweet button, and you will get a shout-out on the next episode of the Talk To Me podcast. So for sharing the episode 117 with Kenny Olson, I have to give a shout-out to Cody Reed, Rico Kohler, Joel Baggett, Terrell Big T Sather 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 uh, Mike Grabowski the aforementioned Mike Grabowski uh, discography discussion our good friend Scribble uh, MDG Rock Photography Saturday, Saturday Night Jam Session Podcast Andrew Jacobs Daniel Chapu Eric Moore Donnie Greenwell uh, Sonny Pooney and John Drake I was waiting for it <laughs> man we got a lot of shares this week that's awesome. Thanks, everybody. Well, that's good stuff, man. I enjoy, I enjoy when those uh, those shares are starting to start to pop off. It's always nice. And I, I appreciate all of you for sharing with your friends and family. Yes, I agree. And like like uh, the John Connolly thing, actually, Kenny Olson, uh, I I sent it to him on Facebook. He messaged me Sunday night saying that he would share it this week, but he has not shared it this week. So, no shout out for sharing for you, Kenny Olson. Well, you did just shout him out, so... Damn it! <laughs> you, you inadvertently did it. There you go. Look at you. <laughs> well, he probably listened to the episode and heard us shitting all over Kid Rock, so I'm sure he uh, <laughs> he wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, fuck that John Drake guy. I'm not sharing this current crap. <laughs> all right, uh, so I do have a confession to make to you, and I know you cheated on me this week with discography discussion, so uh, before it comes out, I need to let you know that I recorded a Louder Than Life preview special with Baco from Cobras and Fire yesterday. So while you were off scalivanting with discography discussion, I was talking to Baco from Cobras and Fire, and I do apologize for that. No apologies necessary, man. I was, <laughs> I was, I was in a three-and-a-half-hour discussion about one of my all-time favorite topics, Dream Theater. So 
That was so. But at least now I know how I got on the show. They probably didn't want to talk to me. You probably had that scheduled one. Oh, man, I how do I get him? How do I get him busy the night that I'm gonna do this? Like, oh, I'll call in a favor with the discography guys and and have them talk to him about Dream Theater. That'll keep him busy. <laughs> yeah, that'll keep him busy for a very long time. Three and a half <laughs> right. hours. I wonder if they're gonna put out a three and a half hour episode. Yeah, it was it was long. I was laughing. I said, man. This is basically the dream theater like equivalent of one of your shows, man. It's like <laughs> a lot longer. But I guess I guess they've had really long ones before, so do they have a really long extended uh, keyboard jam in the middle of it? They may have, they may have. <laughs> like I say like like I said Dan had quite a few beers and he was definitely slurring. So that was fun. They they were they were awesome guys though, man. I I had a total blast talking to them. It was it was really fun. Yeah, they so do a really good show good over there. I like it. I think I think so too, man. It was, and you know, we we got along right off the bat. We had good chemistry, and the conversation flowed well. And it was it was really cool, man. So thanks for hooking me up with them. I really appreciate the uh, appreciate the hookup. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I was sitting there um, last night, I guess before I was recording, and I got a I got a notification that. Uh, Talk to me podcast had been mentioned in a comment, and I was like, "Huh, let me check it out." And I see, man, just got off the line with John Drake of the Talk to Me podcast, and it's the first time I've seen anything like that. And I was like, "That's kind of weird," <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> You're not on my show. You're not on my. Oh wait, yeah, you are. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Still get used to having a co-host over there. Yeah, I got to get used to it. I got to get used to a uh, a very uh, controversial co-host that I have. Yeah, I, I'm so controversial. I talk about gang rape. <laughs> you talk about a decapitated gang rape, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so wrong. All right, so uh, um, was... uh, the other the other cool thing that happened this week was um, I got I did get uh, credentials for Louder Than Life, so I get to go and cover that uh, in two weeks. So that's going to be cool. Uh, I get to go and uh, hang out in the media tent like I did last year and and do all the uh, try to get as many interviews as possible. So now, who all is on that bill? All right, well, funny you should ask what's on uh, Loud in the Life. We've got uh, headliner for Saturday is Mr. Ozzy Osbourne. You know, that would be... Obviously, no one's getting that interview, I doubt, but maybe uh, maybe Blasco or Zach Wilde would be walking through the media tent area. Uh, Five Finger right. Death Punch, Rob Zombie, Mastodon, Gojira, Steel Panther, Eagles of Death Metal, uh, Star Sets, hailstorm that's that's the saturday stuff and then sunday sunday's a little bit more rocking um I'm, I'm excited to see some of these bands but not all of them but uh uh headlined second day is prophets of rage which i don't understand one bit incubus rise again stone sour thrice in this moment um Beartooth, uh greta van fleet you know the uh the the, the flavor of the week band but uh you know is i mean it's, it's a cool aren't, uh, they, aren't they the one that's like isn't that the band's like zeppelin or something yeah the one they keep calling like the return of led zeppelin uh, they said that about they said that about Kingdom Comes. Yeah, that worked out. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be cool. I've uh, I've I've started to send out the you know interview requests. Uh, you know, there's obviously obviously some bucket list people on there, but also I'd like to talk to some of the unknown bands too, and you know have kind of a nice little mix. Yeah, there's some def- definitely some cool stuff on there, man. You know, I, I have to admit, like Ozzy and Steel Panther would be the highlights for, but Ozzy I don't think it was a highlight anymore, unfortunately, but. I've of of all musicians, I have never seen Zach Wild live, and he's he's on my uh, guitar Mount Rushmore, and I have never seen him live. Yeah, I was actually when when Baco and I kind of broke it down, I was trying to figure out if I'd ever seen him live, and I don't think I've seen him 
in Ozzy or Pride and Glory or Black Level Society or anything. I I think when I first started seeing Ozzy, it was uh, Joe Holmes playing guitar. I mean, maybe That's some, the time I've seen Ozzy. Yeah, maybe somewhere in the '90s with you know when with all the Ozfests and stuff like that. Maybe I saw him then, but I I can't remember ever seeing uh, Zach play with him. Yeah, I I know I never have. I know for a fact it was Joe Holmes that I saw because it was in the. Uh, God, was it uh, the 2000 Ozfest, I think? It was uh, Pantera and Godsmack, mm-hmm. unfortunate, unfortunately. <laughs> right. And, uh, oh, God, they are the most boring band ever. Any Anytime I hear people defending Godsmack about being a great lab band or a great band, I just, that, that will get me arguing immediately. They are atrociously boring. I saw them at the, they did the relaunch of Headbangers Ball, uh, they did a concert at the Agora here in Cleveland for that, and they had the old school metal and the n- new school, and it was uh, Anthrax opening for Godsmack, which is just a disgusting thing to have to say in and of itself. But they Godsmack was so fucking boring, I can't even tell you. If you would have told that bass player that he had to stand on a floor tile for the entire show and not move where every single thing he cared about in the world would be blown up, he would have had no problems pulling that off. It was that <laughs> shitty. And the worst thing was, he's a lefty, and Godsmack bass lines are not difficult. And me being a lefty, I'm looking at this going, dude, I just want to run up there and grab the bass and play it for him. Just do something entertaining with that thing, because he he's a disaster. Who would you take over? Would you take bass player from Godsmack or bass player from Stained? Oh, God. <laughs> this is like asking me if I'd like to get hit by a Buick or a Ford. <laughs> uh, oh my god you know what I, I, will, I will take the guy from Godsmack because as I said he's a lefty so I could technically like just kick the shit out of him and take it myself but I can't play the righty bass for the guy in stain so I'll take the guy that I can potentially steal his stuff so you know <laughs> nice go to it, go to it myself even though who am I kidding? I can't kick anybody's ass. So. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of stealing stuff, let's go ahead and jump into our cover of the week, and then we'll get into our talk with uh, Brock Lindau. And uh, so for the Talk To Me cover of the week this week, you have uh, stumbled across a great uh, tribute album to Michael Jackson. Metal Thriller. Metal Thriller. And who, who were some yes. of the artists on that? Uh, well, there was uh, LeJohn Witherspoon was doing Black or White. Uh, they obviously had that Alien Ant Farm cover of um, uh, Smooth Criminal. Uh, Smooth Criminal, thank you. There was uh, Corey Glover from uh, Living Color was on there. They had some some other metal guys. Uh, the one I picked, though, because it's just hilarious to hear him doing it, is uh, Chuck Billy from uh, Testament, obviously, doing the title track, Thriller. So, <laughs> you know, I thought it was in. Interesting sounding, so. All right, so for the uh, Talk To Me cover of the week, brought to you by Puck Hockey, that's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Uh, make sure to head over there, shop till you drop, use the promo code TALK at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Yes, that is TALK as in TALK TO ME for 10% off your entire order. Uh, you can actually go over there and get you some Testament stuff. So uh, there's the tie-in there. Uh, Chuck Billy, friend of the show, make sure to head back in the archives of the Talk To Me podcast for my uh, quick interview I had with him. And uh, so, yeah, for the Talk To Me cover of the week, this this is Chuck Billy doing Thriller. Philip H. Anselmo here, and you're listening to Talk To Me Podcast. Rock on.
Lindau of 36 Crazy Fist. Thanks for taking the time today, man. Yeah, no problem. No problem. And uh, let's see, September 29th, the new album Lanterns, which I believe is probably one of the coolest album titles I've ever heard. Oh, cool, man. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, when he came out, I was like, man, that's such a cool, like, I, you know, you know, when, when people use one word titles, you know, that you have to find a cool one. And, and I'm sure that one hasn't been used yet. And man, it's cool as hell. Yeah, well, I don't know if it hasn't been used yet, but I know we hadn't had a one-word title before, so uh, I was happy to finally find one for ourselves. This album, uh, you know, first first few listens through, it seems to be a little bit heavier than the stuff in the past. Was that a uh, was that a conscious effort? Your vocals seemed to be a little bit heavier. Was that something you were trying to do? <laughs> I, I think the complete opposite of that. <laughs> really? Wow. I, I think I only screamed like a few times on the entire album, so... Uh, yeah, no, I mean, or more, more, more singing, really. So, try to keep it more melodic, to be yeah. honest. But if you think it's heavy, that's cool, man. But uh, I know it definitely has its heavy moments for sure. But I mean, we got two acoustic songs on there. I mean, I think it's got a fair balance with everything on it. Yeah, I think that might be. I think Death Eater. I think when it first popped up, I, I believe Death Eater might be a little heavier than normal. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Death Eater is definitely, definitely a heavy track. And you say that kind of came from your daughter. Um, being a huge Harry Potter fan, how how influential <laughs> influential in the band is she, or is it just uh, here and there stuff? Well, she just influenced the song title. I mean, uh, I was uh, the original title was called Death Stairs, and she had walked by while I was writing to it, and she saw the the piece of paper, and she said that I should name it Death Eater. And really, to be honest, I wasn't really sure exactly what that meant. I mean, I know how much she's into the Harry Potter stuff, but I hadn't really sat down and watched much of it. And then, uh, so we, we did watch a little and then, uh, I changed it. I, I, I made it as a working title just to make her happy about it. And then, uh, I changed it back and then she noticed I had changed it and she was like, just kind of freaked out. It's like, you gotta keep it death eater. So at that point I was just like, all right, you win it's death eater. <laughs> Yeah, you have to let the kids win, man. You have to let the, let them know that dad is cool and uh, that you know they that they uh, contribute something to the to to what dad does. You know. Yeah, no doubt. I have a hard time saying no to her at any facet. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, her title, and uh, we let we we hopefully we can uh, get some Harry Potter fans out of it. Well, kind of keep it on the family vibe, and I don't want to really delve into this too much, but I, I think that, you know, you, you did go through the, the divorce recently that kind of, kind of put you in a, in a whirlwind of uh, emotion. Um, on the bright side of that, I think going into a record, I think having all of that, uh, all those emotions going through might, uh, might actually be beneficial when it comes down to, you know, writing lyrics and things like that. Well, yeah, there was no, no shortage of sadness and, and uh, heavy lyrical content in the sense of uh, certain failures. So, I mean, once I decided that I was going to be honest with myself and, and 
go ahead and just let it all fly and that and and I'm not necessarily just talking about the divorce. I think I only really wrote about the divorce on one song, but it was mostly just kind of what a mess my entire life was and and uh I think I was at the point where I wasn't sure if I really wanted to address any of it in the in the music. I had a totally different idea for this album, which was to be more about uh storytelling um through the the Alaskan native art uh, and, and using the animals from the totem poles that all, all represent a story and kind of seeing how I could obtain it to my own life. But I, I think that required a little bit more research or it, it definitely did. And uh, so I kind of put that to the wayside and then I, uh, you know, I was just, uh, having a conversation with my girlfriend and she was like, you know, you gotta get this off your chest. So just do what you do. And I think once I kind of, uh, decided that it was all right to be honest with myself and get rid of some of this stuff that I've been, you know, cluttering around. I think then it just started to flesh out a lot better. And, uh, in turn, you know, it wasn't easy to write to, but now looking back on it, I mean, it was one of the most, uh, important processes that I've had to go through musically and in my own life personally. So it all worked out and uh, I'm glad to look back on, I'm glad to be in a completely different headspace now today than I was two years ago, writing the album. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things, just another, another chapter in the life of our band that, uh, I think honesty is always the, uh, the best virtue for, for us. There's a there's a great story about Dr. Dre when he did uh what was it the Chronic 2001 and he was married had kids and he he went into the studio to write lyrics and he he didn't know what to write about so he was writing maybe a little bit more family friendly lyrics and they just weren't coming out right and finally his wife was like just be you you know talk about hoes talk about bitches and talk about fucking everything and uh <laughs> and she she told him to go you know just be Dr. Dre and uh, that you know then you get uh, the great chronic 2001 out of that i I always love that story and that kind of reminded me of that you know the girlfriend telling you know you you be you and 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 uh and let your emotions out through your lyrics yeah yeah i mean you know you kind of develop these signature moves or these you know your own style and i think you try and get away from it and i think that in some senses it works and i'm not totally abandoning that idea with the the totem pole uh, animals and, and trying to reflect that into my own life story. But I think it's a cool idea, but it's got to be done totally right and totally out of the respect of, of the entire storyline. So uh, I wasn't prepared for all that. So getting back to just fleshing out my own life, I think was the best, best alternative to my original idea. Yeah. It's got to be nice to just get in a room and scream about it <laughs> to kind of get some of that off your chest. Yeah. Most definitely, most definitely. Kyle was a guest on the podcast a few weeks ago, and uh, we played the uh, We Die Young cover. Um, he he kind of said that you had brought that to the table. Um, was that something you'd wanted to do for a very long time? And uh, obviously just a huge Lane Staley fan. Yeah, uh, yeah, you nailed it. I mean, not necessarily We Die Young. I don't care what Allison Chain's song was, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, I know everyone back, <laughs> back and forth, you know, so uh, I would have done any uh, any jam, but um, definitely, you know, Lane was my guy and I love Allison James, listen to him. That's not every day, every other day. So, uh, you know, I, I was really stoked when we were picking through covers to do and, uh, 
we all agreed upon that one. I think it was a lot, it was super fun to do. And I, I had a little cover band over the years that I jam with my friends just for fun. And we do a few Alice in Chains songs. So we had been doing that song for a while. So when the band agreed upon it, I mean, I'd already been singing it for a while. So it was, it was fun. Didn't have to do much too, too much rehearsing to learn anything on it. When you were growing up in Alaska, did the Seattle scene make it up there, I guess, maybe quicker than uh, maybe the rest of the world, or did you just kind of get it through uh, through MTV also? Uh, I think we got it at the same time everybody else did, even though we're kind of we're pretty close to them. But, uh, yeah, it was a big deal. You know, that was, uh, you know, well, initially, you know, junior high to early high school, it was pretty much all Bay Area thrash that was coming out of my bedroom. And then when I discovered Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, uh, you know, I wasn't the biggest Nirvana fan, to be honest. So I didn't listen to them as much. And I think I can attribute that to my, I don't, I've never been a big punk rocker. I, uh, I, it came out of my sister's bedroom a lot, but I was way more into like hair metal bands, like Twisted Sister, Quiet Riot. Uh, so the punk rock stuff, I never really got into that much, mm-hmm. maybe later in my life that I've researched it now. So when I heard like Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and those bands, uh, I was super into them and um, still to this day. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think we got the, the grunge thing happened at the same time for us that it probably happened to everybody. Yeah, I think you and I are roughly the same age. And I remember being a kid and watching MTV and seeing Pearl Jam's Alive and uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit and stuff like that. And just knowing oh, yeah. just knowing something was different. It was, it was definitely a... a, a you know, music was changing. Um, I always joke about yeah. on this podcast that uh, I always wanted to be a musician as a, like a eight, nine, ten year old. But I always said that if I had to wear eyeliner and makeup, I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> and so, you know, so when I saw Pearl Jam and, uh, and Nirvana come out, you know, all those bands kind of made it okay to to want to be a musician. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's kind of, it's crazy when the grunge thing happened. You know, a lot of those hair metal bands got taken out overnight. It was a pretty big change of the guard there. So. Um, happy to see that a lot of those bands that I really liked, like Twisted Sister and Quiet Riot, Rat, they're still, well, I wouldn't say Quiet Riot is, but I see Rat still touring again. And uh, of course, Steve Snyder's had a hell of a career. So a lot of the ones that I really liked did get to stick around. But yeah, Grunge took those bands out for a bit. I guess I can kind of parallel that with 36 Crazy Fist because, you know, when you guys first came out, you, you were almost kind of lumped in that new metal era. And then, and then when the metalcore mm-hmm. stuff kind of started popping up and killing, you know, the new wave of American heavy metal and metalcore kind of started coming out, and it wiped out all of the, you know, all of the uh, the the new metal bands at the time. You guys kind of, you know, snuck in under the radar and and were on tour with Killswitch Engage and and doing those type of shows and and being accepted in the uh, in the in the new realm, kind of like maybe like a Chimera. You know, they were a little new metally at, at first, and then uh, and then progressed right. into a, to a uh, straight up metal band. So, I mean, is that something that you saw too at the time? You know, you you guys were kind of one of the bands that uh, were able to to kind of change a little bit and and still stay current. Well, I think I think history has shown that we did, but at the time, I mean, uh, I remember the early days of touring and not touring with other new metal bands. Really. We never really, even though we might've got labeled that way, we ended up always touring with like the hardcore bands. Like, I mean, Martyr AD and Walls of Jericho and, and uh, Barrier Dead bands like that, that we had really nothing similar in music. Uh, those are the tours we would get on. And I remember it being really difficult for us back then because 
there wasn't a very nice bridge between metal and hardcore at the time. I mean, there was two sides of that. And uh, we were a band that had like, you know, singing choruses and, you know, I don't really know. We didn't fit in it, but somehow we just were odd enough that we kind of tiptoed in all of it. So I think somehow we just, you know, without it being a conscious move of like trying to be all those different styles and just kind of what we did, uh, somehow we just, um, I don't know. They, you know, there was a time when there was like, okay, you're new metal. Well, now you're metalcore. Now you're uh, hard rock. You know, you, you just kind of lose track on what they think you are this week. And that stuff doesn't really exist like it used to back then. But uh, I remember it was always a big deal to get what what the genre tag are you and we've been called just about all of them except for probably black metal <laughs> <laughs> which will be the next album correct yeah that'll be we'll be working on my high my high squeals and our uh our keyboards well i mean you're out with devil driver on this tour and you know des of all people is kind of the king of being able to you know go from the new metal era into the the new new wave of american heavy metal or metalcore whatever you want to say um you know, have you talked on this tour at all, maybe about stuff like that, or or what are the conversations like with Des? Uh, you know, mostly Des and I discuss that it's cool that we're doing these different markets right now. I mean, our small towns that don't really get a lot of the the touring acts coming through, and you can really see that when you talk to the people at night. So I've had a couple of discussions with Des about that, how that's cool that it had been a while for either of our band to, I mean, we were, we played lacrosse Wisconsin on this tour and I don't think we had played lacrosse since like 2004. Wow. So there was uh, you know, and, and we're, we're being reminded those things nightly by people when they come up to our merch booth or whatever. They're like, you know, I saw you here 12 years ago. I was 15. Now I'm 30 or whatever it was. You know, and it's just like definitely makes us feel old, but also makes us feel good that we still got people that are interested enough to want to come back. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Dez, absolutely, man. That guy's been, you know, around the block once or twice also. And um, it's always good to be out with the Devil Driver guys. We've been friends for a long time, did a lot of tours together over the years. And, uh, you know, it's great to see they're still kicking ass every night and uh, them including us on this tour for our first tour of the new album cycle was uh, really, really something cool for us because uh, we like seeing the boys. We like touring with our friends. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's really about is making sure you can coexist on the road out here and have some fun and hopefully turn on some new fans too. Absolutely. Uh, let's switch gears for a minute. I know you're a giant hockey fan. You write the hockey column. Um, yeah, I know you've done some other hockey stuff in the past. And uh, I'm a huge Nashville Predators fan, so I have to ask you, are Nashville Predators fans unruly and uh, classless, you know, in the, in the uh, Stanley Cup playoff? Oh, man, I don't think so. I thought it was super fun to watch. I thought, you know, I really would have loved to have been there live just because it looked like, I mean, a rock show, really. I mean, and that's what the NHL needs. You know, we need more of that, you know, to, to grow the sport. I think that was great. Uh, Nashville, you know, I would have, I would have loved to have seen the game seven come come back, but or no, they lost in Nashville, didn't they, in game six? But yeah. I would like to see game seven push it a little further. I'm not a fan of the Penguins. I'm a Flyers fan, so <laughs> right. uh, uh, yeah. And you know, you're talking about fans. I mean, boy, Philly fans get the worst rep ever. So uh, um, I think Nashville did a great job as uh, representing their team, and it looked like a lot of fun to be at that arena during the playoffs. Yeah, from what I could tell, I I used to go to games all the time. Um, 
I had had a uh, Brad Lukovich who played for the uh, the Stars and the uh, Lightning. Um, he at one point ran a label in the mid two thousands yep. and was looking at a band that I had played in, and uh, he, he and I kind of kept in contact. And when they came through town to to the lightning came through town to play the predators you know he had me out and um i guess he had a buddy that worked at the predators so like any game sunday through thursday i could just send a text and i could you know get in and uh, so we used to go to games nice. all the time yeah it was a lot of fun it was kind of in a, in a in a low period but it was a lot of fun to you know go see hockey all the time and um yeah, I think I think watching the fan reaction of the maybe the Pittsburgh fan reaction and even the NHL fan reaction to um, the raucous crowds of the Predators, you know, they were uh, you know calling them hillbillies and you know they don't. I love when an expansion team has been in the league for over twenty years and they're like, oh, you guys don't even know hockey. I'm like, it's almost been a generation of kids. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> we've been there for a long time. It's okay. Yeah, that's funny. You know, hockey's such a blue collar mentality and i think some people sometimes forget about you know who's been in the league for a long time and who hasn't but yeah back to brad i know brad i knew brad when he played for the devils and yeah he's a cool dude i haven't thought about brad for a few years but uh i did know he had a label going for a while yeah that dude uh he he, uh we actually showcased for him in dallas and he was at home and he invited us over to his house and his house is like a almost like a hard rock cafe threw up on it. I mean, it was, you walk in, there's Pantera uh, gold records on the wall. There's guitars signed by Nickelback everywhere. There's an entire, you know, jam room in the, in the foyer. I mean, it was a, it was a crazy place, man. But yeah, I've kept in touch with Brad over the years and he's a, you know, huge metal fan and uh, you know, great dude to, to be friends with. Yeah, no, he is a good dude. I think last time I saw him was that, our show in New York at BB King a long time ago had a few of the devil guys come out to the show. Just uh, old friends with Scott Gomez, so we had that affiliation with the Devils for a little bit there. Yeah, and the, and the one thing with Brad was uh, Brad got injured like right at the end of his career, and I remember watching. I was watching Sports Center one day, and on the ticker his name goes by, and that was like the first time I'd ever known anyone that you know their name goes by on the ticker, like you know Brad Lukovich out out for the season with a torn ACL, and I'm like, I know that guy. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a, you know that that with that weird. Uh, you know, uh, metal world into the hockey world kind of thing. Right, right. I did want to kind of bust your balls, though. I mean, you know, you were kind of talking earlier about, uh, you know, I guess you saw it was being a little bit more singy and more soft, but, I mean, you've got a couple ballads on this album, a couple slow songs, and uh, Where the Reve- where Revenge Ends, I was like, man, they get a little soft on us. You get a little soft in your old age, Brock? Well, not really. I mean, I think every album we have an acoustic track, it's usually the last song, but... We had a couple this time, so I guess we kind of split up the album almost like an old uh, LP, ver- you know, how like you do one side and then it's the next side, and that's kind of how we laid out the album. So where Revenge ends is uh, kind of the end of the first half, and then uh, Dark Corners ends the second half. So that was kind of our idea on all that. And You know, we've always kind of flirted around with actually doing an, a full – EP of acoustic songs. I mean, we love that kind of stuff. I mean, I I listen to singer songwriters more than I listen to probably any other style of music, to be honest with you. Uh, so, um, yeah, no, I, I think we've always had it. We just, uh, you know, we don't play it live, of course, but uh, we like that side of the band as well. I mean, I think this band can pretty much dang near do just about anything and still be uh, still be a 36 album in our own way. 
Nice. And uh, looking through the Wikipedia, I was looking at a couple of things. I noticed it's 20 years since uh, In the Skin came out. Uh, anything, uh, you guys do anything for that this year? <laughs> no, no, no. I haven't heard that album since. <laughs> when, did, when did it come out? 97, 97 yeah. Was. Yeah. Yeah, boy. No, no plans for that thing. And, uh, Boy, I, we, I couldn't even hardly remember one song on the dang thing. <laughs> and then uh, Snowcapped, it looks like in, in about a year and a half will be a 15-year uh, since Snowcapped came out. Would, would you guys entertain a, uh, you know, maybe playing that in its entirety type tour? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, Snowcapped was a pretty important record for us, so I would definitely be into doing something like that for the 15-year. That'd be cool. And then uh, one last thing, I was uh, I was I was approached by a website to do um, bucket list bands, bands I'd never seen before, and uh, you know give give them five bands. And one of my bands was Thirty Six Crazy Fists. But then I thought about it. I actually saw you guys twice in nine in two thousand four. Uh, it was actually uh, on the Kill Switch Engage tour with Eighteen Visions and uh, From Autumn to Ashes. I actually saw it uh, two days in a row, oh, yeah. like, which is even crazier. I saw it in uh, Nashville and Louisville back then. Um, give me a quick uh, quick story about that tour, if you remember anything from uh, from that tour, and uh, just getting to tour with Killswitch when they were kind of uh, you know, uh, on the verge of becoming what they were. Oh, man, uh, that's a great tour. I mean, uh, I still have a ton of friends. I mean, of course, the Killswitch guys are our dear friends, but... Uh, even the 18 Visions guys. I mean, I'm really, I love their new album. I'm stoked they're back doing it. Uh, from Autumn to Ashes, I don't have any uh, any relationship with those guys at all anymore. I don't even know where they all went to. But I liked that band back in the day. And uh, the one thing I can definitely remember is because we had a big tour poster, and it was on Snowcap Romance for us. It was End of Heartache for Kill Switch. And it was Obsession, I believe, for 18 Visions. And all three of those albums all had hearts on the front. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't remember what From Arm to Ashes had on their cover, but it looked funny because we had, it had the four album covers of all four bands on the package on the, the tour poster. And I don't know who okayed that, but it just looked funny. It looked like three different versions of Kill Switch's <laughs> End of Heartache. You know? <laughs> but uh, that was a great tour. And uh yeah, I uh, have plenty of great memories of all these years touring with bands and such, but uh, that one for sure was uh, definitely a good one. Yeah, those, those are three just just monumental albums, too. You have to think about it. You know, for the, for that era, that's probably, you know, if you're going to make a top 20, I mean, all three of those, I think, have to be on it somewhere. Yeah, well, that, we'd love to be included on that for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, we'll we'll just wrap it up with uh, what's the what's the plans? I mean, you know, obviously the album's not even out yet, so uh, I'm I'm assuming just tour, tour, tour at this point. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, we're we'll coming out right now. We're we're away from home for three months. Uh, we'll be home right before Halloween, and then we have the rest of the year off. Uh, we have three videos coming out between now and you know Christmas, I guess. And then uh, come early next year, we go to the UK, Europe, Australia, Japan, uh, and that's in January. And then we'll come back, and I think the plan is to go take a little bit of a break, and then South America and back to South Africa, and then something in the U.S., 
in the spring, and then we'll be doing all the fests in Europe in June. So that's the and the reason I know all these things so off the top of my head is because I had a big meeting with management and label this morning. So nice. we discussed all these things, and uh, so the yeah, the the roadmap is laid, and we're just uh, you know excited to be still doing it and uh, supporting our new album. We're uh, we're excited for it to come out at the end of the month. Is there a is there a goal? Is there a number that you want to reach, like sales wise, or you guys like want to see sales plus streaming? I mean, how do how do you look at uh, look at that these days? Oh man, I don't even. It doesn't even come into my mind at all, to be honest, as far as sales go and things of that nature. I mean, it'd be wonderful for it to do something special and and reflect in our bank accounts. That would be great, but uh, it, it never really does. So that's why we tour like we do, because that's where we make our money. And uh, yeah, I mean, so as far as sales goes, that's, you know, it doesn't matter to me at all. You know, just hopefully our fans support our band. And, you know, obviously we need real purchases so we can continue to do this. But uh, as far as any grand illusions of, you know, certain amount of numbers I, I i quit doing that many many years ago just because i know i know how it is <laughs> all right well the new album uh lanterns out september 29th on spine farm records brock lindell 36 crazy fist thank you so much for taking the time today and uh, i will see you in a couple hours because i'll head down and see Yeah.
to me on Facebook at facebook.com slash talk to me talk. What the fuck is the internet? And Twitter at talk to me talk. All right, that was Better to Burn off of the latest uh, 36 Crazy Fist album, Lanterns, out uh, September 29th on Spine Farm Records. Make sure you pick that up. And a uh, friend of the show, Gene Hoagland, uh, going to be on uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers. And I think that's a. Uh, it's awesome for those guys to be able to do stuff like that. Uh, Roy Mayorga of uh, Soulfly and Stone Sour and all that stuff. He was just on there. And then uh, Dave Lombardo, uh, you know, he was on there a while back that, uh, you know, I got to talk to him about that when he was on the show. So I think it's cool that Seth Myers is kind of kind of reaching out to these metal dudes and having them on his, on his show. Right. Yeah, it's I mean, and wasn't it uh, Jimmy Fallon recently that had uh, Slayer on their and And they were doing Rain and Blood. I was like, well, you're not going to see this every day rain and blood on national television <laughs> like, yeah it was cool i watched it the next day and I, you know we kind of live in that dvr uh you know world but you know i, I did kind of think it was kind of cheesy that they had to play such an old song i was kind of you know if you, you play something like that you you probably want to play something off of uh repentlessness or whatever the hell that album's called but uh but yeah it was cool to see slayer you know play a greatest hit <laughs> repentlessness the the album where Carrie King just made up a word at random. <laughs> it's a good word though. I like it. I'm a grammar Nazi man, so when I see him just making up words, I was like, "You cannot do that. It's not how it works." <laughs> I don't care how metal you are; you just can't be making up words. So, but yeah, I mean, speaking, you know, of Gene Hoagland, though, man, I you know, hopefully he gets a little bit a uh, little bit more attention out of this because. Uh, you know, I could have talked to him for hours when he was on the show. He seems to be a, a super funny guy, and I know he's going to be into uh, you know into doing this. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I every, every time I see that they're doing one of these like you know one of these re, like a mini residency almost, but yeah. every every time I see one of these guys doing it, I just picture him doing like the bluesy jazz stuff, <laughs> but like wearing all black and leather pants and stuff. And it's like, it just always gives me a pretty funny mental picture. But, uh, you know, Gene Hoagland is obviously one of the most accomplished drummers you could possibly think of. So, uh, it'll, it'll be really cool to see something like that. Yeah. He's uh, October 2nd through October 5th. And the, uh, the other past uh, drummers were Danny Carey of Tool, Tim Alexander of Primus, Nico McBrain of Iron Maiden, Abe Cunningham of the Deftones, and Charlie Benante of Anthrax. So Wow. Yeah. It, I know Charlie's a good one. Danny Carey is, wow, from what I understand. I'm not a Tool fan, but all my, all my friends are, and they say Danny Carey is just an absolute monster, so that ought to be good. But, uh, I mean, Nick, Nico seems like an interesting choice. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it's kind of strange, but yeah. From what Lombardo you know, said, it was uh, I guess I guess um, uh, Fred Armisen, who is the you know band director, uh, he's a slash drummer slash guitar player of that band. Uh, I guess he's kind of the the metal guy that does all that for him. No kidding. Speaking of speaking of weird selections, um, I know this is probably a show that you know you might not be into like I am, but they just announced uh, the G three tour. You know, with the, like the guitar player thing. Yeah, yeah. And they have a Cleveland date a few days before my birthday on February 22nd. So I, I want to go because John Petrucci from Dream Theater's on it. But li- li- listen to this and, you know, that old Sesame Street thing song, you know, like one of these things is not like the other. Like it's it's Joe Satriani, it's John Petrucci, and then it's Phil Collin from Def Leppard. <laughs> And I'm I'm like okay I'm sure he's probably an accomplished musician but I, I just when I think of you know super technical 
you know, shred yeah. guitar. Phil Collins, not exactly the first name that comes to mind. <laughs> so, uh, you think he'll play, uh, will he play his hit in the air tonight? Yeah. <laughs> Wrong, Phil Collins. Uh. Come on. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> so he just, just, he just uh, gets up, gets up there and plays Def Leppard riffs all riffs all night. Everyone's booing him off the stage. So like I thought, everybody loved "Pour Some Sugar on Me." Yeah, great tune. Um, speaking of people with the same names, uh, and this is football related, but uh, Brandon Marshall of the. There's, you know, Brandon Marshall of the Giants, and there's Brandon Marshall of the Broncos. And uh, yep. I was reading a thing earlier where uh, I guess he was uh, the Brandon, the wide receiver Brandon Marshall was dropping passes uh, from Eli last night in the Monday Night Football game. And the other Brandon Marshall of the Broncos was watching the game, and he was, uh, people were starting to uh, mean tweet him. So he was writing people back. And it was some of the funniest stuff I've ever read just because it's like, you know, he was. Because Brandon Marshall of the Broncos was actually writing him back as he was Brandon Marshall of the Giants, and it was pretty fucking funny <laughs> stuff, really? man. <laughs> he, he was like challenging people to meet him in the parking lot, and and uh, you know people were like, "Why are you tweeting during the game?" He's like, "Cause I can do both, bruh, and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I I read the story that they were tweeting the wrong Brandon Marshall, but I didn't see the part where he was actually like tweeting back. Yeah, the tweets are great. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I, I love when people get like athletes get into stuff like that. Like we have uh, here in Cleveland, one of our pitchers, Trevor Bauer, he's just like a total, total Twitter troll. And he has gotten into it with so many people like, you know, these, these, these people just, you know, tweet at him with this ridiculous garbage and he'll actually go at him instead of taking the high road. Like, a, like most athletes do and just not trying to start anything. He'll just go right at these people, like, you know, call them names and stuff like that. It's awesome. So I love when athletes and famous people actually do that. Yeah, it's always good stuff. Uh, and speaking of uh, famous people doing crazy shit, once again, Gene Simmons has uh, has not failed us. Uh, he, you know, after trying to uh, trademark the devil horns hand gesture, Gene Simmons has now said that uh, you can't please everybody. Not everybody likes Jesus either. I thought that was that's a great line. If I could, I would trademark the air you breathe. I, I think I think that's great. I love Gene Simmons for this. I did I, I I do too. I just the guy he knows how to make money. And you can't you can't really say he's wrong. I mean if somebody else could 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 uh you know trademark oxygen or breathable air, wouldn't they? Right. It's, uh, just, it's like uh yeah, it's, what is that space balls? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The can of Perrier. Perrier. <laughs> One of the greatest movies ever made. I'm sure you love it. I am a huge Spaceballs fan. Do you have a, you have a Spaceballs podcast on the side, too? I No, I do not. I do not. But I am old enough to have seen it in the theater when it came out. So nice. There's, I got that going for me. <laughs> but, yeah, like we said about Gene before, I am so far past the whole... You know, everybody still says, oh, Gene's a douchebag and all he cares about is money. Like, yeah, well, he makes a ton of it. So just at this point, it's just that's just going to happen. It's just who he is. He doesn't give a damn. And it always, you know, it's it's always good for some entertainment to see what stupid thing he's going to do or say. And then it's immediately followed up by more good entertainment with a good Paul Stanley quote, basically calling him a jackass. I think I, I never so. looked down on Gene for this type of stuff because I, I always remember 
watching a thing about him. And when he first came to America from wherever the hell he's from, uh, he said, Israel, he, yeah. his, he said he, uh, they asked him like, what was the craziest thing he'd ever seen? Or what was the thing he remembers the most about being from a kid or something? He said he remembers walking into a grocery store and just seeing like walls of food because, you know, obviously growing up, he had never seen anything like that. And I always like, that just kind of tells you kind of where he came from uh, to where he is now. You know, he had never seen anything like that. And he was mesmerized by these walls of food. Well, like if, if there's ever, an example of the American dream. It's old Chaim Vitz over there. So Chaim. Yeah. yeah, that's it's so funny. That's like what a crazy name. Like how how do you how do you go from Chaim Vitz to Gene Simmons? That's just, but that is brilliant. It's just Gene Simmons. Like as much as he's like the biggest windbag on the planet, you just, you can't really fault the guy for anything. He's just so comical and. He just he defines Americana in a way. If you think about it, it's like, all right, well, he's pompous and he wants to make a shitload of money, and there, there he goes. So, props to old Chaim. Chaim, yeah, Gene Simmons to me is just one of those people. I know, he, I know, he makes a lot of stupid decisions, but he, you know, in my eyes, can't do any wrong. He, he's always uh, just been a uh, a constant in my life since I was a little kid. So he's more than welcome to to try to try to trademark the air that I breathe if he wants to. I wonder how that would work out. Everybody has to wear like a monitor or something. Hmm. Every every day, like a little receipt pops out. Like you owe Gene this and such. <laughs> I'm sure it would just be like um, it would go back to the microchipping stuff. It, it would be like a microchip or something. Uh, you know, like you can uh, like a step counter or uh, what are those? Uh, what are those Fitbits? I'm sure a, Fitb- yep. <laughs> a Fitbit could monitor your breathing too. And then, like, if you're low on money, you would just have to, like, breathe, like, short breaths. like <laughs> Hold your breath. <laughs> Giving yourself a disease or something because you can't afford to pay Gene for the oxygen you're breathing. Hmm. I, wonder if, I wonder how Tommy Thayer would get a discount on uh, on air. Would he charge Ace and Peter extra? Maybe Peter. It seems like Ace, Ace, uh, Ace and Gene are supposed to be performing together soon. Uh, I'm still saying, I'm still saying that uh, Ace might get, might get back in the band at some point. I'm seeing it, man. I was just gonna ask you about that. Ace says that all. Ace keeps talking about that. Do you do you really think that's ever? I I don't think that is ever going to happen. I mean, Ace maybe with like I mean, the very slightest chance because at least he's, you know, performing and right. But Peter said he's retired. Well, I think it's more Ace than uh, more Ace than Peter. I think with with Ace doing the. You know, losing the weight, uh, doing the song with Paul. I guess he's writing. You know, wrote a couple of songs for his new solo album with Gene. You know, kind of opened those doors back up. And I think at some point he might slip back into that uh, that Ace Freely suit. I I have to admit, like I I haven't seen Kiss in a few years because I saw it several times. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. I, I saw this, but I have to admit that if I had a chance to go see Ace in the in the costume. One more time, I, I would I would pay the ticket price to go see that. Well, yeah, I mean, Ace they were, has always been my guy in Kiss. Mine too. They were they were Kiss was here uh, a couple of years ago, and I had zero desire to go see it. But if you know Ace is in the band and came through, uh, you know I'm there. So I think uh, I think as soon as their ticket sales start dipping like they have been, uh, I'm sure Ace will get that call, at least for one more go around. Yeah, yeah. I mean they say they. They say that it'll never happen. You know, we're happy with this and all the stuff from the Rock Hall and all that garbage. But money talks. 
Sp- speaking of Kiss, have you read any of their biographies? Because I know we were talking off air that I'm reading Peter Chris's right now, and and it's the last of the four that I have to get through. So have you read any of those? No, I have not. I haven't. I haven't read a biography in forever. I think the last thing I read was I think I read part of Rex Brown's. I think this is the last one I've read. I I read his. I, I see. I'm really into those things, like the mu- musician biographies. So even if even if it's guys like I, I don't really like if if I don't really like their music, I I still read it. Like I read Marilyn Manson's book, which was fantastic, and uh, I read Max Cavalera's book, and I'm not, you know. Sepultura is cool, but to me, Sepultura was done after Cass AD. So it's just I, I wasn't really a fan of anything after that. But yeah, these Kiss books are hilarious because Gene Simmons, his book is just obviously him just pontificating about himself. Ace, Fra- Ace Fraley's is just he's a goof, but it's all this weird shit. And then Paul's is he was like the most truthful one of the bunch. And now I'm reading Peter's, and all he's talking about is his dick the whole time. <laughs> well, his name just, is Peter. Yeah, <laughs> right. There you yeah, go. I, I, he just you know he's always talking about how he's this tough guy, and I beat the hell out of the drums, and I'm like, no, you didn't. You're Peter Chris, lightest player I've ever seen. Yeah, like you were cool back in the day. Don't get me wrong, but I I would never call you a heavy hitter. So it's just it's so interesting to be able to read the kiss story from all four perspectives and kind of put it all together into one big completed puzzle. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear all this stuff from all four of their perspectives. And especially because, you know, as, as it gets later on in the kiss career, like in Peter and Ace's book, the stories get less and less. So you can tell they were just like fried mentally and they're boozed out, coked out and whatever else out. (laughs) It was just, it was, it was crazy, man. But definitely good reading. I, I don't know if you do audiobooks. I know Paul's is on audiobook. Jeans is on audiobook. Um, I would recommend them, man. They're definitely, definitely interesting if you're a Kiss fan. I'm definitely check it out. I just, I, I think I actually need to get into the Audible.com stuff because I do listen to podcasts constantly. So I'm sure that you know mixing in a book here and there probably wouldn't kill me. Well, you know, Josh. If you are interested in trying the Audible service, (laughs) you can always go to audibletrial.com forward slash NHC for your free 30-day trial Hmm. and a free audiobook download, courtesy of the Nerf Herder Council. (laughs) Wow, thank you. Thank you, John Drake, for that. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking that that was like the... uh, NHC, we could use that and just be like, you know, uh, check out audible.com slash NHC. That's for uh, the the Nevada hardcore or something. Yeah, yeah. it's something totally different. Yes. Speaking of uh, speaking of interesting reads and, you know, different perspectives, uh, you know, we started out talking about, you know, how I was on the discography discussion podcast last night. So that should be coming out pretty soon. We actually uh, discussed Dream Theater, like I said. But, I, you know, you, you had told me about an episode you recently did uh, where you went on and defended the honor of your favorite band, Pantera. So I went and I listened to it and I immediately hit up Daniel and I said, man, it is a damn good thing that, <laughs> you know, I didn't know you guys when this went down. Cause I would have been on there cause I'm chomping a bit to just rebut so much of this stuff. I know they were purposely trying to say, you know, goofy things just to kind of get under your skin a little bit, but 
you know, he kept mentioning Chuck Schuldiner of death as a better guitar player than Dimebag. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, really? it's definitely not, uh, definitely not true. And yeah, I'm, I, I'm a huge death fan, but, uh, yeah, Dime, Dimebag is a far superior metal, metal guitar player. than. Yeah. And I just, you know, the, the whole thing, like, I don't think they did anything really original or anything. And it's, you know, and knowing, knowing that they were trying to get your goat. Now I'm like, okay, are they serious about this? Or <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you can't be serious to say the Pantera was not one of, one of the most influential metal bands to ever exist. So, well, and, you know, to, to, to throw all of his, uh, credibility out the window daniel terry just posted a photo of his cassette collection and uh i caught it and then brandon kellum of american standard actually zoomed in on it and blew it up and uh he had vulgar display of power on cassette in his cassette collection so brandon also was calling him out so he's a he's a (laughs) closet pantera fan we know it (laughs) he ain't fooling anybody I, whoever, by the way, whoever, whoever photoshopped that Nickelback cassette into that picture, <laughs> that, that was. Did someone actually do that? I didn't see that. Yeah, I think if you go in the comments, somebody actually <laughs> photoshopped <laughs> like one of the first one of the first Nickelback records into the into the tape collection. Nice. So I actually asked him last night. I was like, "Is that real or is that Photoshop, buddy? What what's what's up there?" Got some Nickelback going on. <laughs> like, well, was that the first uh, Nickelback or the second Nickelback where they had the actual Dimebag Daryl guitar solo on one of their album on one of their songs? Oh, I forgot they did that. Uh, I am not familiar with Nickelback almost at all, yeah, so I am not sure. You will not be on the discography discussion Nickelback edition. No, I will not. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I am so indifferent to that band. It's not like I'm not a hater i just I, i'm like yeah the only thing i will say is that when you know chad kroger was having that pissing contest with uh uh cory taylor for him to say yeah stone sour is nickelback light I'm like have you ever <laughs> listened to to stone sour dude like have you ever even like heard a single song because just one song would tell you that that's not accurate. Like, well, the best thing that came out of that was guy either. But yeah, the best thing that came out of that was Corey Taylor saying that Chad Kroger has a face like a foot. <laughs> so anytime yeah. I see pictures of him now, I'm just like, God, he does kind of have a face like a foot. I, some of the insults these guys throw back and forth at each other when they get pissed. It's just, it's so funny. It, it, it's just internet trollery at its best. They get they get pissed and they just start throwing these childish insults at each other. I'm like. Whoo. How things to tell somebody they have a face like a foot? Like, <laughs> what? What is that? You know, it's okay. Points for originality, I suppose. But uh, I don't know. I Rockstar feuds are always fascinating to me, anyways. Yeah, you know, they're, they're Nick, a lot Nikki, of fun. Nick, Nikki Six is always good for a few of those, and you know he he's a legendary monstrous douchebag. So I like when he's getting into it with people because he always deserves it. Although, actually, I don't know. When when uh, he was getting into it with Sully Erna from Godsmack, I I was kind of hoping for them both to just kind of beat each other to death. That would have been awesome. <laughs> Take out they two just, of your favorite bands. Oh, my God. Yeah, it would have been. Oh, I love Motley Crue. Don't get me wrong. But N- Nikki Six just is so far up his own ass. And I just I hate musicians like that. It just it drives me up a wall. I'm just like, shut up. And then, you know, Sully Sully Erna just completely dogging Motley Crue. It's like when you've done anything close to what Motley Crue has, then you can talk. But I don't I don't want to hear it 
So that was that was depressing for me when they didn't just like damage each other severely. But you know, who am I? Who are you? Who are <laughs> you? <clears throat> Obviously, not a Godsmack fan. So that's, <laughs> You're right. that's who I am. <laughs> yeah, myself. Uh, yeah, I've, I never, ever, ever got into anything they did. I remember when they first started popping up, I was just like, I, the immediate eye roll, even in the 90s, I was like, oh, Jesus, here we go. Yep. I mean, they had, they had really good production. It sounded heavy, which, so that's cool. And that, I think, what was the second album? Awake, that first song was like, was it Awake or Alive or something? Or, and you, you know, know better than I do. Was, yeah, I turn I'm around, guessing. look at your cassette collection. I'm sure you have it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can honestly say I don't know, but I mean that one song was okay. I mean it was it was pretty heavy for that time for mainstream stuff. And then I actually did download the Faceless album, and I I, I dug like four tunes on it. I was like, okay, but that was the only stuff I ever liked by them, and it was just the rest was so bad, and it was ugh. just. And again, I, I was I was never a fan, but. Th- then seeing him live just completely ruined for me because it was, oh, God, fucking terrible, dude, fucking terrible. And now everybody always argues, dude, they're awesome on stage because they got all this fire and shit. Like, who gives a fuck? Anybody could fucking put fire on stage. That is the dumbest argument I've ever seen. That's like saying the only reason Kiss is good live is because they have makeup. Like, who, who fucking cares? There, there ought to be more to it than that. At least Kiss has, you know, a bunch of, you know, quote-unquote hit songs and they a bunch of gold records. Godsmack is just fucking boring with highly averaged music. So, ugh. 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 Got me all riled up talking about Godsmack. I can't stand that band. <laughs> so, brother, brother Believe Me does not do uh, I Stand Alone or anything? No, 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 we do not. If we were ever going to do a Godsmack song, I'd say I'll do Real Line and that's it because it's the only Godsmack song I'd say I legitimately like. Oh, and so other you do than like that. Him. Uh, yeah, a song. So I mean that 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 begs the question. Like, do you have a band that that you just absolutely despise? Oh, absolutely despise. Disturbed. I, I've always cannot stand Disturbed. Yeah, I they're they're kind of a big one for me too. I again, it's it's the pretentious stuff, and David Draymond just comes across as just a. I met him, and he's a really really nice guy, but. Just he's one of those dudes that just kind of seems like he's up his own ass. So, yeah, the disturbed Godsmack stuff. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of. Um, I can't really think of any any other bands that I'm not a big fan of. Like actually despise. Hmm. I let's see. I have yeah. I I, d- I definitely have Godsmack. Uh, Bush may be my least favorite. Like hmm. I, I oh, just terrible. I was never into that kind of style anyway. Like the live and smashing pumpkins and all that kind of stuff but <laughs> live i mean it, it, yeah well do you, do you have a least favorite song then because i can tell you i have one song that literally will make me want to just start throwing haymakers at anyone standing near me if i ever hear it like i i hate it that much do you have any song that'll just completely make your blood boil no i don't i can't think of any song like that that'll do that for me um what's yours and i'll, I'll see if i can think of something Kiss by Prince. Oh, what? that is. Oh, dude, it is that. That is the shittiest piece of fucking shit that has ever been shit upon the earth. I that song ang- literally angers me. 
Like, you don't have to be, be uh, and then just the shrieking at the end. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I mean, I was a kid when that came out, and I went, what the fuck, man? Just pure I mean, genius was, is what that is. No, it is not. It is horrid. It is fucking terrible. You can't even. T- you, you're telling me you like that song? I don't. I don't hate it. I, I'm like trying to think of like why. Like I'm, I'm playing it in my head currently. You know, I, just, I don't. I don't see the the hate. It's awful. He's like screaming at the end, like. Yeah, you you should. Sounds like David Lee Roth. No, it does not, because David Lee Roth is good, at least back then. That is crap. Like Prince is this prolific songwriter. He comes up with that. It was horrid. I mean, granted, I may be a little biased because that was like when I first got MTV as a kid, and I was just sitting there waiting for Rat and Twisted Sister videos all day. Well, yeah. So when I had to sit through that that. shit, I was ooh, I was immediately angered. But no, that is awful. I mean, I'm not a Prince fan. I, I actually can't stand Prince, even though he's insanely talented, and I have all the respect in the world for him because he's just a brilliant musician and songwriter. But that one, no. Not at all. Not feeling some prints. Yeah, I can't think of anything oh. that's off, off, off the top of my head. That's uh, I'm I'm affected by that deeply. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's you got to have something. <sighs> I, you have to have something that is just like a band or a song that you just you cannot stomach. At all. I mean, the only thing I can think of is is I'm at the age now to where the stuff that my daughter listens to, I'm just like, oh my god, like, are you kidding? Me? Like, I'm I'm totally being the this is not music dad to her. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like the 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 mumble rap and the and the just the cheesy pop songs and stuff. I'm like, ugh. Like that's all I can think of that uh, you know that I truly just roll my eyes at is current top forty singles, but. Uh, well, I, I can't really blame you. Does it does it make us old curmudgeons? Yes, absolutely. To to, ha- to hate that mumble rap stuff. I'm <laughs> like, dude. Th- so basically, what you're telling me now is that being ignorant and unable to speak properly is now in. Like right. that, that's, that's all I'm hearing in that. I'm like, really? That's cool to you? Like you could, you could just be an uneducated jackass, and that's like. I'm like this is sad. Like, but then I, I think to myself, I'm like, well, um, hmm. now I sound like an old fox. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, of a uh, mumble rap, did you see this guy that got punched out over the over the weekend or whenever? Um, his name is, uh, and I'm. It's probably like extension or something like that. It's like triple X tension or something. But uh, I guess he's you know like the, from what I can gather reading about him, I, he's. Like the number two album on Billboard or something, uh, he was he was uh, singing somewhat of a sad mumble rap song. So he was kind of up on the mic, and this dude comes running from the side stage and just clocks him, knocks him out. But what's funny about the video, aside from this dude getting just knocked out, is the <laughs> yeah. fact that the music does not change one bit, and he's still singing. Like it's not, and I understand that. Like you know, sometimes <laughs> rappers rap over their tracks. And have yeah. maybe their track, their their vocal under it, which I you know I it still sucks, but I I get that. But like, dude's voice didn't change one bit when uh, when when he got knocked out. Like he was completely lip syncing. 
So, uh, but yeah, I, I kind of watched a little bit of that. It's it's a fucking funny ass video. And uh, did you get yeah. afford that? I, I did not hear about that. Yeah, it's pretty good. By the way, how how talentless do you have to be to where you have to lip sync to mumble rap? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really bad. Does, does it get any worse? <laughs> like, yo, man. I can't reproduce this live, so I'm gonna have to play to a track. <laughs> like, what? You, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like the whole point is that nobody can understand what the fuck you're saying, and you can't even make something unintelligible. <laughs> like that is, oh my gosh, that's yeah, definitely forward that to me because I, I did not see that, and I would absolutely love <laughs> love to see it. My stepson listens to a little bit of that, but he's it's not because he's like a huge fan. He listens to literally everything. Like he he's his favorite band is Slipknot. His his main thing is metal, but you I just I'll, uh, I'll I just texted it to you. See see pull it pull it up on your phone real quick. Let's see here. All right. Oh, and by the way, after yeah. he gets knocked out, the watch his security guys. It's great. <laughs> All right, let's see here. So it's on Facebook, okay. Man rushes stage, punches rapper. Yeah. Ex- extentation. Ex- yeah. Triple extension. Like whatever. All right, there he is. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> you are kidding, man. Keep it going and watch the you watch the, the there's like a giant security guy that actually yeah. picks up all there's extension. There's like 10 of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god and, it, it, and nothing's changing the music hasn't yeah and the music's still going that's great oh my god i'll make sure to post this on the uh, talk to me facebook page everyone out there listening oh, yeah. uh, make sure to check it out because it's it's pure hilarity oh my god that is fantastic <laughs> <laughs> oh man he got hammered yeah he good. got hit right on the button and the guy was running when he did it Woo. Man, if you're gonna knock somebody out, that's how you do it. Good for him. That guy's like, an, must be an MMA fighter or something. Holy shit! Wow. Yeah. Well, that's what you get for doing. That's what you get for doing mumble rap. Yeah. Right. That was, that was probably like a Pantera fan. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> God damn it! It's a new level. Yeah. <laughs> probably a Scribble fan. Yeah, it probably was Scribble himself. <laughs> Where were you, Scribble? Where were you the night of the uh, whoever this guy is, you know, knockout punch? <laughs> yeah. Do you have an alibi, Scribble? Come on now. Be honest. You punched out ext- extentation. Ext- so. What does that even mean, extentation? I have no idea. It's probably like a full sentence in mumble rap. It probably means like, I have Doritos in my cupboard or something. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It's like it's like a whole nother language. Oh wow! So yeah, guys, uh, make sure to head over to the Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash Talk To Me Talk, if you want to see the video of uh, of Homeboy just getting knocked out. And uh, let's see, next week we've got Sean Drover, former Megadeth drummer, on uh, now an Active Defiance. Uh, their new album, Old Scars, New Wounds, is actually out the same day as the new uh, new the Thirty Six Crazy Fist album, uh, Nine Twenty Nine. It'll be a big day for metal. Um, yeah, so it was a good I actually chatted with him the other day and actually got to talk a little bit about the big four and all that stuff with him. So he, he was uh <laughs> he he talked a little bit about Megadeth. I could tell he was just like, Oh geez, here we go again. Like here's some Megadeth talk. I'm trying to I'm trying to push my band active defiance, but uh but yeah, I'll answer your stupid Megadeth questions. 
<laughs> well, when you've played with Dave Mustaine, everybody wants to know about Dave Mustaine. So, well, he was the longest tenured Megadeth drummer. I I, I didn't realize that until I uh, did a little research on him. Was he really? Let me think. It was ten years. Well, it was it was almost exactly ten years that he was in the band. God, he was in there that long. Yeah, that would. Yeah, because Nick Menzo was uh, what eighty nine to either eighty nine or ninety to. 98 or something so menzo was close yeah well menzo was the, was the megadeth drummer <laughs> yeah well he was everything but who's counting yeah well did, did you do you like the act of defiance stuff i think it's pretty cool yeah it's not bad i liked the new album too i, I checked it out you know i got the link for it and stuff and checked uh checked out the songs it's good stuff i, I think they're doing a good thing and you know it kind of um it kind of shows that uh, it's not just kind of a one-off, quote-unquote, supergroup type deal. It's, uh, you know, an actual band. Uh, you know, to make it to a second album in a, in a situation like that, um, obviously they enjoy playing together and they're doing something right. Yeah, and I, th- I think anytime you have... Uh, I'm a huge fan of guitar playing, and I think anytime you've got Chris Broderick on guitar, uh, it's going to be at least somewhat awesome. Yeah. It- because you'll always have those guitar parts in there, man. And that guy, holy shit, can that guy play. Absolutely. But uh, so. Awesome. Uh, once again, just uh, make sure to check out the new 36 Crazy Fist album. I uh, love that band. Love those guys uh, out September 29th. Um, other than that, we will see you guys next Thursday. So for the Talk To Me podcast, I am Joshua Toomey. I am John Drake. And we will talk to you soon. Yeah.